0: SB 50 could fix California's housing crisis, but it probably won't. The California Republican Party is facing major issues because it can't attract people of color, and the new L.A. County Sheriff tells hundreds of Tom staffers to remove their rank insignias temporarily. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. You're listening to the California Streaming Podcast with Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just three conservative friends trying to provide some counterbalance and one of the most liberal states in the union. So let's hop on our magic choo-choo train to nowhere and talk some California politics.
1: Good evening, guys. How's everybody Good doing? evening. The year is winding down. It's getting pretty close. Can you believe another year is almost over?
0: It is. I was hoping the Christmas decorations here in whoa. our studio didn't offend you guys.
2: Christmas? Did you just say the word Christmas? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ho-
0: holiday. Thank you.
2: Holiday
1: decoration. We try, you know, to, that, we, we try to keep stuff that above translates board. to holy day. Are you sure you want to go that route? Does it is that a thing? What well, can we? Or okay, hold on, guys. What,
2: what can I say? I need to, uh, b- b- before I st- go out tomorrow and say anything, I'm not supposed to say. What's approved then? If if holidays out, Christmas is certainly out. Uh, I, I don't know. Occasion. Okay. Hmm. It might work. Occasion. This this happy occasion. Yeah. Happy November and December occasions.
0: A, oh, boy. I just read an article today that um, they're saying that the Blessed Virgin Mother Mary mm-hmm. was assaulted because she didn't willfully choose to have a baby. God gave her the baby without her permission. True story. There's a professor that's making this argument right now.
1: Hey, all right, Just get, get on board John, here.
0: Hey, I the don't blank you. stare that John I, has is the same stare that I had I, when
2: I was. I don't reading. even know where to begin
1: to respond to that. So, are we claiming that God is now part of the Me Too movement? Is that is that where he's going with it? Well, then I, you then you're acknowledging the story's real, right? I mean, like you Ooh. can't have it both ways.
2: Ooh, this gets tricky then.
0: Unless it's the same thing with baby. It's cold outside. Oh my! Because God. there's a line about. What, what what am I drinking, basically?
2: Oh, right. So the the roofie drink. Right.
0: Right. We ignore the period in which the song was written, and we apply it to 2018, and we assume drugged.
2: I love how her, his <laughs> daughter came out and said,
0: yeah, my dad would think
1: this is a total joke <laughs> if he were alive today. The whole thing's a joke. You know what I find funny, and before we get into the topics, yeah. um, they're still having the riots over there in Paris. The Yellow Jackets. The Yellow Jackets. I find it kind of funny because, you know, it's been going on for a while. But they go, okay, so what are they writing about? Uh, Environmental policies. Environmental policies. Environmental tax. On the poor people. Right. Uh, High cost of living. Right. Uh, Weird taxes that come out of nowhere. Gas taxes. This is California, right? (laughs) Silly Frenchmen, didn't they oh, know France, that they can't France. just move to Texas? Nope. That's right. But <laughs> socialism
0: works. It works.
2: You, know, you just got to A, give it time, right. and B, kind of mix the dials, you know? A little bit of capitalism, kind of need it. Throw in some social – you know, it, you just got to find the right mix. Right. And that's what you're always trying to iterate on. It's like baking a cake. That's right.
1: You know, I'm going to throw something out there. Yeah. Um, hopefully one of our brand new listeners, I was having – a nice conversation with uh Katie Perry's mom on a name drop and you dropped name something, drop something Bobby <laughs> Hashtag I did name drop. And, hi Mary uh we we're having a nice conversation at a Christmas party uh the other night and she was going well, what are, what are we going to do what's going on I told her you know we didn't get here overnight and we're not going to solve all the world all of California's problems overnight Gavin yes. will he will And that's a scary thought, that we're going into the Gavin Newsom uh, regime, uh, reign. Reich. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, there we go. (laughs) So hold on to your wallets, boys and girls, because we got some spending to do these coming years. And we'll just have to see what happens. Lots of spending. Spending more is
0: is what's going to cure the homeless problem, the medical problem, the traffic problem. Always. Just more spending.
1: Yep. Ready, Bobby? First one. Whoosh. From the Mercury News, California gears up for round two of a controversial battle over more homes near transit centers. Mm. All right. A controversial bill with the potential to add millions of apartments and condominiums near transit centers, which died in the first committee hearing earlier this year, was resurrected on Monday, but with a number of significant changes. Already some of the changes are rising, raising eyebrows. When San Francisco State Senator Scott the Devil Weiner introduced SB 827, his proposed sparked a red-hotted debate over how and where we build housing in the Golden State. The measure would have required cities to allow housing developments of four to eight stories within half a mile radius of every BART station, Caltrans stop or other railroad station and a quarter mile from bus stops where buses run every 15 minutes during commute times how's that even feasible yeah i'm
2: it, it, you've, you guys seen parks and rec right yeah. you remember the little park where like they it was super easy to get through because the park was like one foot by one foot right I, I feel like that's the space left after it's like the venn diagram of places you can build
1: and there's like this little the little crevice where the two circles right, overlap exactly <laughs> right so our good friend the bedevil He's back again, and he's pushing some more agenda items. Uh, we were mentioning Gavin Newsom earlier, and we don't like him, but he's a huge crony. Scott Weiner, this guy's dangerous. He's a full-blown commie, and he loves what he's doing, and he loves... He feels good about it. He does. He feels good, and there's no one to say no to him because he's a representative of San Francisco. Right, right. And, and so you also have to look at the fact that he was
0: the... Following of Gavin in San yeah. Francisco, right? So
1: you know for sure <laughs> that they talk regularly. Yes, and the following of Diane Feinstein, and you can right. see how this is progressing. <clears throat> so but he's progressing. going to be the next governor oh, after Gavin's run. Have mercy after his tenure. Oh my god! Oh, so he introduced the. God, I can't believe he named it this—the More Homes Act. Mm. It was so stupid. Uh, he called it the More Homes Act. Okay. So more Homes for everybody in California? <laughs> what he really wanted to do was put more, like like the, the article said, he wants to put more high-rise air, uh, tenements near railroad and subway and all that kind of good stuff. Basically,
0: in theory, more affordable housing for those that Rely on public transportation, probably the lower income side of the scale, make it easier for them
1: to get around. Is is that the is That's that the, the gist aim? of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's the here's the funny part because There's the idea, just one. <laughs> how many low income people still live in San Francisco? That's exactly where I was gonna go into it. You want people to move into San Francisco where it costs them a fortune just to rent a little closet so that they could be closer to a rail system. Well, big whoopty do. Big whip-dee-doo, all you've done is inconvenience them even further and put them further into poverty. And now they're in a little bubble. They're not going to leave because they have no access to a car. They're stuck at where they work. They're kind of like Foxconn now. You work at the factory. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the aspect in this?
2: I mean, you guys have to see this angle. How do they know this formula works? Right, you're like you're going into the problem, assuming that this list of requirements is quote unquote the solution to fixing a housing crisis in California,
0: right, and at the same time, it's not really fixing the problem uh, like we know of the course. problem is a supply and demand issue right, and that's due to a ton of regulation right, okay, so agreed but to but to stop there real quick
2: what then what they do is. They're agreeing in some ways that it's a supply issue, but they but they're su- uh, imposing where the supply is the problem. Because wow, that's a big that's a big it, leap.
0: At no point do we assume that maybe just government's intervention right. in general right. is the problem. Right. Um kind of in a unrelated but still government intervening issue. I got into this debate with somebody about hidden costs of of hospital bills. And yeah, hospital bills are expensive, but they fail to acknowledge that the system is a problem at the very beginning because of all the government intervention that's involved from the ground up. From doctors having to spend a quarter million dollars to go to school because they can get a government-backed loan to the fact that we charge a lot for hospital bills because chances are a lot of what you're doing is subsidized by the government to pay the bill, Right. right? So it's systemic of a greater government getting too involved and that's driving the cost up. And it's back
2: it's back to the well, I'll call it the dial theory. We just haven't set the dials right. We have control of the dials. It's the dials that are just a little misaligned. Keep voting us in, keep passing what we want, and we'll purposefully or haphazardly kind of get the dials
0: correct so this whole thing just well,
2: clicks. Whatever. And I think that's the mentality.
0: And every time somebody complains that, like, here's another example of the free market failing, it's because the government gets too involved in it, and it props up what would otherwise be the losers, right? Anytime there's a bailout given out, anytime you've gotten rid of the actual natural market forces doing what they're supposed to do, and that's allowing the winners to rise and the losers to fall.
2: And when the the winners rise to a point... I'm the first to also say don't artificially support them via lobbying in D.C., et cetera. If they rise and then run into a problem, they run into a problem. Right. And they're
1: going to have to go. What about the too big to fail mentality? Done. Out. Out. and Out of here. So the Beverly Hills City Council, they came out and they said, this is a Soviet style master planning on crony capitalism. Even they saw it. Wow. How- that's impressive. <laughs> How did it? come up though
0: at a Beverly Hills like what got well, the their council to even comment
1: They on it? know about this because this used to be um SB 827 that failed last year I think I have that number correctly but I think that's right uh it's now SB 50 for this coming up uh by year and here comes Scott Wiener saying okay I, I'm going to I'm going to fix the thing that I introduced because it's going to be just a little bit different. So let me kind of run down exactly what the hell this thing is about. And so... But so hold on. Yeah. Just back it up one second. This is a local ordinance in San Francisco or this is a statewide
0: ordinance. No, no. This deal? is a statewide oh, statewide. statewide. Oh, for sure. Oh. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> now, no. now I know why yeah. Beverly Hills is mm-hmm. intervening. I, right. I thought this was something he was impo- he wanted to impose to no, San Francisco.
1: I'm afraid not. He's just the rep of San Francisco. Yeah. Gotcha. He's a senator from San Francisco. So... Here it comes. Uh, This bill uh, forces cities to allow taller buildings near transit centers that would apply to the half-mile radius surrounding every BART station, uh, Caltrans stops or other rail hubs, and a quarter-mile around bus stops with frequent bus service. And frequent is defined as every 15 minutes during peak commute times.
0: You could say, if you took somewhere like Chicago where the subway basically runs every 9 to 10 minutes or the L I I guess a lot of that is already pretty dense. Yeah. But I mean you're talking about a system where trains run, you know, there's a stop every quarter mile if you look at it that way <laughs> yeah. like uh, versus say somewhere like Los Angeles where transit public transit not as flourishing. I you you get You know, even within the state, because you've got San Francisco's got a decent public transportation, Mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, does the trolley come into play? Right. I mean, it might. (laughs) If you exploded this thing kind of more wide scale, you could really see how areas would have a gigantic problem with it.
2: Oh, sure. Um, Like, it reminds me of like, um, like a classic government contract where they have the end contractor in mind when they write the proposal. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's right. like, well, there's only you're right, one, you're right in the RFP yeah. for a single <laughs> right. source. There's there's one city that's going to like dramatically benefit from this. Right. And others that probably won't at all. Because yeah. of the definitions you've included.
0: Yeah, and you know, I guess my, my Chicago reference, not as applicable because we're just talking about California, but you just talk about if you did have a flourishing transit system, how this would get super problematic because you just run out of space or you have a really dense really dense housing system right right but and we also don't take into account all the infrastructure that goes into high rises right Uh because you you think about everything from firefighting to utilities to like that impacts more than just I mean even just the available light for trees I mean you start impacting
1: (laughs) like a lot of other things. So since this was introduced by Wiener, the aspect of it is focusing on low income individuals. So affordable housing requirements, the bill requires developers to build a certain percentage of affordable housing, unless the city already requires it. The exact percentage of affordable housing has yet, not yet been worked out on. I actually saw the bill. It's it's a blank like percentage, they just skipped over it. So that's the part in negotiations. I'm like, of course. Of course it is.
0: You know, there's already regulations like that uh, in my own housing complex. A builder had their build on 155 condos, and they had to build a certain percent that were ADA compliant, right? So one of my neighbors actually bought a house and was never told that it was ADA compliant, right? So they move into it, and they look at, like, the countertops are really low, and there's, like, grab oh, handles everywhere. No. And they were like, "What the hell?" You know, they, they were about to close escrow on it, and they were told, "No, no, not a big deal. Nothing, nothing's up with this place." Is what they kept. <laughs> everything's fine. And then they go to what you know, you, 155 units, eight different models. It's really easy to go see another version of your home. They go, "Everything is off here. Like everything's just, everything just feels really low in the, oh. the handles for stuff and cabinets." But they were never informed they were buying an ADA compliant home. Which is a lot different if you don't have any disabilities. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not. <laughs> but just, just a little bit. But the builder, well, and here's the funny thing, is that you, the government, because it's doing good for the people, always is, is compelling the builder to, to build a certain percentage of ADA compliant homes, but then the builder doesn't have to sell it to people with disabilities. Right? So what good did you actually do? They were able to just sell it to anybody. Don't question the outcome of the laws,
2: <laughs> So <laughs> They had good intent.
0: Now, if you said, and you have to sell that home to somebody with, who's disabled, okay, I, at least I understand what, that you're trying to help out someone disabled. But when they can still sell it to anybody, no, just, you haven't done anything. Right.
2: Always focus on the intent of the government project. Never focus on its outcome. You're, you're looking at this all wrong. Ridiculous.
1: Here comes one more part of it, and then we'll leave it there. Yes, there's more. There's more it, to it, it. But wait, there's more. It so. is Christmas. It's the gift that keeps <laughs> So here tonight. we go. Job-rich areas. Mm. Here it comes. It's actually in the ordinance. Uh, in order to, pro- to balance development between predominantly low-income communities served by transit and wealthy communities that rely on driving, the bill focuses on what is called high-opportunity areas. These areas have yet to be fully defined, but the bill so far specifies areas that have a high density of jobs, have a higher median income relative to the rest of the region and have high quality public schools. They don't, however, need to be um, served by high quality transit, hence why Beverly Hills kind of got into the mix here. So what? Yeah.
0: What's interesting though, okay, take something like Beverly Hills that's in a, you know, it's surrounded by the city of Los Angeles. I bet they don't really have a whole lot of say on where MTA decides to put a bus stop, right? Because they yeah. don't have any interaction with MTA. That's just the city of LA's transit bus system. And they say, okay, we're going to put a bus stop on Santa Monica Boulevard that happens to be going through Beverly Hills. I doubt Beverly Hills gets a whole lot of input on that bus stop, right? So. <laughs> So so then a bus stop gets placed and then they've got to now start zoning for this high density. So we're requiring stupid to work with stupid to make stuff better. But, but again, and, and I, I'm only speaking from the fire side because I know it the best. But okay, take something like Beverly Hills. Maybe they don't they don't have a lot of high rise structures, okay. which is a whole different. You need ladder trucks and you need also a whole other slew of just firefighting tactics. Okay, for it, right. I get that. Uh, The city of San Marino is a good example. They didn't want to buy a big, expensive ladder truck. So they had a city ordinance that you couldn't build anything over two stories. Pretty simple, right? But now you're going to make them have to build multi-story buildings for that high-density living. And now they're going to have to then deal with that issue in an emergency response. But that's only because... Are they they going to get paid? Yeah, no, but that's only because they didn't think everything
1: through like these geniuses <laughs> oh, cool. in Sacramento. Get out of town.
0: Well, not. but you just look at city infrastructure, the sewers, everything like that. Can it withstand that density? It probably wasn't designed that way 50 years ago when they laid the clay pipe.
2: If it can't, I'm sure there's a bill that will fix that.
0: <laughs> well, my, <laughs> my own housing complex needed to upgrade all the city infrastructure around it to to sustain the building it was doing, and they just encumbered that cost. But the builder's making out because he wants to sell homes, so he says, you know what, City XYZ, we're gonna go ahead and just upgrade all this infrastructure anyways. Now you're forcing, you're forcing this on the cities. I mean
1: I I mean there's John, so I'm, much additional fallout, like you, you could just keep going on and on. Like what John said, it's like it's always fixing, fixing, of fixing. Course. Of course. We're always in a state of fixing um and
2: no one ever considers the actual the the aspect that we're going to use the same entity to fix the problem that got created by this entity. Oh, okay. Well, that should work. Right, right. I think the one thing we kind of flew by it at the beginning, but it's hilarious to me too that a bill like this is the simultaneous admittance that the current
0: thing really stinks. Right. There's a problem. <laughs> right. We created it.
1: Right. Well, we're not going to admit that part, though. They can never admit it. No. Never, ever. Yeah.
2: It's, it, I, I, it's
0: like classic mentalities that... But they've wrapped it in, in this gift of we're helping out ex- the disenfranchised. Exactly. Um, right. we've
2: made this problem horrendous for anyone to build anything.
0: And it's on a global scale. It's for everybody, whether you live in the suburbs or you live <laughs> that's in the city. Right, that's right. So there's this horrendous problem.
2: Good news. We are here to help you with that. And that's exactly how it's wrapped, right? Is we've come up with the solution. All of you that live in like this one foot by one foot area, um,
1: you're going to get saved. Well, what if there's nowhere to. Build what they want to build. Well, it goes back to, this, to what I was saying about job-rich areas, right? Because now you have to have arbitrary terms. <laughs> now you have to have jobs in the area; otherwise, it's bunk, right? So tax credits galore. McKesson, please don't leave. We'll give you a trillion-dollar uh, credit. But even then, uh, it's not.
0: There's so much criteria, or I'm sorry, there's so many. Um, there's so many terms to the definition you gave good schools, good paying pay jobs, <laughs> right. or quantity of jobs, right? So we've kind of bubble wrapped any situation into that one clause, right? Because sure. we could probably, uh, what what are the jobs? What if there's just a lot of vendors? What if it's downtown LA and you have a lot of t-shirt vendors and everything? Sure. Th- there's a lot of jobs. Or whether there's not a lot of jobs, but they just happen to be high paying, right? Like you look at, like Goleta, the train station in Goleta. Right, there's probably really good paying jobs around. Yeah, but it's in a commercial area. Right, right. right. I mean, it just happens to be in a commercial area. Yeah, a lot of these train stops are just kind of in. They don't really go through like the (laughs) the 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 best part of town or the. They're designed that way for a reason because people don't want to live next to the train. It's it's not
1: exactly Grand Central Station, (laughs) right? It's just like a little. Uh, like Old West Little Depot, it just stops there and it has a platform. Right. Yeah. Right. And most people
0: don't want to live by the train tracks. I just continue to be <laughs> blown away by the built
2: in assumptions that they believe they figured out for all of these people that make this bill so good. I mean the 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 list of what's embedded that must work that these people exactly want what everyone wants to do for their job or not do, how they want to travel or not travel. It's like they figured all that out and this is this is how to do it. But, uh keep w- going. W- one last it, it brings to mind I don't know how many out there have listened to Pingelet, right? The the, the juggler. Pen and teller. Right. Yeah. Pin and teller. Penn Jillette, um Very well uh, known libertarian, and he uses the example, and this comes to mind when we talk about something like this. So he, I think he's being a little modest with his own intelligence, but he'll say, for example, he doesn't. He says, "I'm not that bright." Let's take Hillary Clinton, and he says, "What? Hillary Clinton is probably very, very smart," and and I would agree. Let's say Hillary Clinton is really bright, and let's say she, and and Pindulett will say this. Let's say she's five times smarter than Pindulett. She could be 10 times smarter than Pendulet. What she's not smarter than is 300 million people right, combined. Right, And that's the whole crux of this, just on the scale of California. These people are not smarter than all of these people living in all these cities in California. I don't know how else to say it beyond that. But they've assumed that, and they've assumed that they know how things are going to work out. Well, people elected
0: them because they want me to exercise my will over the other people.
1: Yeah, right. So there you go. Zoom. All right. Zoom in to the next one, Bobby. Next one from Politico. The state GOP chairman warns California is a canary in the coal mine for the national party. The outgoing chair of the California GOP, the nation's largest state Republican party, has issued a dire warning that this that his state represents the canary in the coal mine for the party's national fortunes unless it confronts demographic shifts that have already turned California into a majority-minority state. We have not yet been able to figure out how to effectively communicate and get significant numbers of votes from non-whites, says former state Senator Jim Brulte, who's held the job of state GOP chair since 2013, and will retire in February. Despite trend lines that show that the entire country will be majority-minority by 2044, he said the GOP has failed to confront the reality of those changes or recognize the possibility that the recent blue tsunami midterm elections in California was a harbinger of what lies ahead for the National Party. This just read to you by one of those minority people. You know that he says don't exist in the party, right? right. I don't.
2: I don't see color, Bobby. So I don't. I don't, I
0: don't what are, are you, you're a minority? Uh, it is. It is interesting predicament you're in in California, mm-hmm. because you do have a high percentage of minorities, and you wonder how many, how many are in California that are first generation to the U S. Overall, right? Okay. And how many came here, how many came to California for a reason, right? Like, is it, is it a bias because have we swung so far left that it's going to keep going left? Because And that's why people come here, because they know how far left it is. And they're coming here from other countries where they didn't have a lot, and California gives them a lot.
2: They're, they're taken care of.
0: Right. So I don't know why you would ever vote out a party that's giving you free stuff. Like, that is always the predicament mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. Republican Party, in theory, is the party
1: of responsible w- government.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, just hard work. I mean, you kind of earn what you get. You get what you earn. I should put it that way. Oh. Freedom and liberty.
1: Right. You it, have the freedom
2: to work as hard as you can and want.
0: I don't think people get the concept that the more you get from government, the less free you are. It's just right. like living in your parents' house. You can scream and shout all you want that you're an adult, but as long as they're paying for the roof over your head and paying for your gas and everything else, you don't have any autonomy, right? You can't really go tell your parents to F off if you still rely on them to house you and shelter you. The day you move out and you have your own place and you're more autonomous, you can say whatever you want to them, right? And with government, it's the same
1: way. Like, as long as you keep taking freebies, it's kind of hard to tell them to go take a hike. Well, especially in this state, we were looking at an economic system that's built off of taxing the rich and giving to the poor. It's a very Robin Hood type of way of giving uh, giving back to the uh, poor people. And for the most part, it works. It's working for California, or at least that's the surface surface value of it. But the problem, like we spoke about in previous episodes, is that this state relies heavily on just a very small minority of people. Exactly. 64,000 households is what keeps this state going. And if any of those households decides that it's not worth it for them, we're screwed. They pick up and they leave and they go to Texas or they go to any one of the other states and they, then California has a problem and it's a dire one. And I've kind of been looking at this from, the whole things are not getting better in California. They're getting worse. And Skid Row is a is a example of that. They're getting
2: worse and they're and the powers that be are reaching it seems like they're reaching their limit as to the patchworking that can be done in the facade to make it look like they're still okay.
1: Sure. Right. I mean we can we can look at the numbers. Let me give you some numbers here. Back in 1998, 46 percent of the voters were registered Democrat. Okay. Okay. 35 percent were registered Republicans, and 12 were declined to state. Wow, that's no way party preference. Now. Yeah. As of 2018, the Democrats are at 44 percent down. So they're technically, 10, yeah, technically. But those independents grabbed uh, second place. Now they're the biggest one. The declined to states are biggest, are second biggest at 25 percent. And the Republicans are just under, are just underneath them, at, still at about twenty five percent, twenty five point one percent. So,
2: what's the chances that those are actually independents, though? Just look at voting I patterns mean, in this state.
1: Right, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people are disenfranchised with the Democrat Party. But at the same time, I've gone knocking on doors all over the state, and when I meet a Republican, you know, I knock on their door, I hand them a pamphlet they go please don't tell anybody i'm a republican in california because they fear retribution vindication they're afraid to let oh, sure. people know that they are the, are themselves a republican and the business that they own and operate is going to be directly affected by the people should and because and this is a real thing i mean we've seen it people will go out they'll they'll hassle cecil the lion killer if they need to Right. to get their, their point across. Well, you've seen
0: politicians even get harassed when they go out to eat, right, at the national level. Uh, you've seen politicians encouraging people to harass politicians. Exactly. I, I mean, it it with with legit violence, you see people like Ben Shapiro and stuff. There's, like, entire universities they can't even speak at. Like, they'll set up a speaking engagement, and then there's this uproar, and then they're not allowed to speak on campus because they're speaking from a conservative stance. Uh I totally agree with that sentiment. And in the world of Yelp rules your business. Right. And Yelp thrives off bad reviews. It's really easy to something like Cecil the Lion Killer. The guy was a dentist. He had nothing. This had nothing to do with his practice. Just get taken down with crap reviews. Uh, You can really screw somebody's life up. And I think as well, California's just got a, a conservatives in California just have a general sense of, apathy. I think the apathy has turned into atrophy. It's so a, so that's the, that's a great point because when I was looking at
2: this article actually I think you were there Bobby. We had a chance to listen to Mr. Brolty maybe two years I've ago. T- I've talked to him a couple times. Yeah, And yeah. that, that might have been actually the first event where I met you. I'm not sure you were there at that one Louis. Uh, okay. Here in Santa Barbara. And I remember during his talk towards the end of it he went into this what seemed like just Pulled from the archives of speeches, this whole idea of, you know, we're probably on the cusp of a resurgence of the Republican Party in California. And I remember my my brother and I were there. And I remember looking at my brother saying, this guy's nuts. What in the world is he doing heading up the, the, the GOP in California? And I think that's been part of the problem is that there's this – you say apathy, Louis, and I think that's true on the part of the voter – but for the people who are kind of sitting at the top of the party in this state, it struck me for a long time that there's a level of delusion or a de- certainly denial of this sort of problem, this sort of issue on messaging in terms of values and what the actual party stands for. But maybe that's part of the problem is because the party they can't really, they don't want to say what they stand for because they feel like that's bad marketing and bad messaging and they don't know how to really
0: explain it. Exactly. All the
2: above. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, everything the party stands for at the technical level. Sure. At the national level or? Yeah. Or the the philosophically. Philosophically. Is a hard pill to swallow, right? It's like the same thing that Jordan Peterson's thrown out there. Like, take control of your life and be a man. It's, and, and And the, the whole take responsibility for your actions don 't depend on anybody else, uh be a hard worker, start a business it 's all stuff that 's just I think people in overall these days don 't work hard well i 've talked to a lot of people about this recently
2: uh d- 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 philosophically and and it strikes me that it 's not a next week pill that 's the problem we 're running into in the society in general, certainly the state but also nationally it's a pill it is hard to swallow it's a pill that is an excellent I, I obviously I believe to my core the, the the right way to do it the right approach for a generation for you for the next 20 years of your life but it's it's a really bad pill for the next seven days
0: well and yeah and if you look at it overall you're saying okay on the conservative side it's basically plant a flag right, right. stand up for who you are and and kind of just have some values, have some morality and, and stand behind it. And on the other side, you've got, you can be whatever gender you want. You can be whatever, whatever, anything you want. Everything's fluid. There's no actually plant a flag and stick by some principles. It's, well, today I feel this and tomorrow I feel that. And then and I go back to that. And because it's all about feels and an immediacy, right. I mean, and that's, that's the kind of the point I was
2: trying to make is the immediacy of, I kind of, I kind of need the check in the mailbox, like now. I kind of need this now. I need, I need support for this healthcare system now. Well, well what's yeah? Go, no, go ahead. You, no, i was just, and just kind of up with saying, whereas if you, if we were to buckle down and, and over twenty years square it up, the messaging on the Republican Party in this state, especially, isn't there to say, look. We have to do this and suck it up for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And at 20 years, it's going to be way better than all this is right now. But you can't convince the people because of the desire for immediacy. Right. You can't convince them that that's worth doing.
0: Right. And what's interesting, and Bobby could probably elaborate more on this, talked about it in the past, maybe offline, but a, a great majority of California is Hispanic. And what's interesting is Hispanics, by all intents and purposes, have pretty conservative values, huge on family, right? very pro-life, uh, very faith-driven, yet the, I feel like the paycheck side of the aisle is the,
1: what draws them to just be Democrats. The, the Democrats are very wise in not touching that third rail of conservative social values. They're not going after that. If they did, then you'd see a turn. What they're doing is they are going for the economic side of it. I'm sorry, explain a little bit more. What you? Okay, mean. so like we're talking about family and faith. These are not things to vote on in the elections and the propositions. Okay, and like what did we vote on? We voted on more money, rails, money, 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 bonds. money, money, bonds, and more schools. Schools to do what? Indoctrinate more kids, more union things. So you're suggesting it's going to be a very long time before we see some
2: sort of a prop or a bill directly attack a church. That's right. Directly
0: attack religious religion. Well, I think what Prop 8 was— Remember, the the gay gay marriage, That was one of the first uh, moral things we had seen
1: Mm -hmm. in a long time. Right. And how did that go out for California? Well, guess what? It did not pass. We did not vote for gay marriage here in California. Twice. Mm-hmm. Prop two, some 213 or something. Previous. Now, the sketchy part is how the higher-ups in California's legislature decided to go about and circumvent that decision by simply not protesting or sending anybody to the Supreme Court to to uh, actually find right. out on California's behalf on the way we did it. It's kind of like how Brexit's going over there. Right. They're like, well, if we just kind of not do it, then it'll just kind of go away. But... Yeah, let me, okay, Jim Brulte, Jim Brulte, you're talking about him, I've met him quite a few times. Yeah, I don't
2: know him personally, I'm obviously just commenting on as a listener of that speech,
1: and it was kind of sad. When the GOP has got a problem, because in the past couple of elections, he really hasn't ran with any opposition. I think the last time, nobody stepped up to actually, you know, oppose him for the chairmanship, now, as he's retiring, they need somebody to take the reins. And quite a few people have stepped up. I know Andy Vidak, senator from the Fresno area, is stepping up uh, as a potential candidate. Also Steve Frank, uh, former part of Lentarian, But he's kind of rough around the edges, if you kind of get my drift. He has his own blog, which is very famous.
0: Well, the, you know, the other... The other big problem we have working for working against us in California is the whole top two votes, right? Uh, for those that don't know, when we have our primaries, the top two vote getters in all the different positions are who make it to the final ballot, irrega- uh, regardless of what the uh, of what the party is. So that's how we get stuck with the you know Alexander Leon's versus the Feinstein's of the world. Oh, good Alex. And I think a lot of Republicans go to the, if they even vote, say, well, what the hell? Like, there's half these candidates I don't want to vote for. I do notice that some still cast a vote, even if that position has two Democrats in it, just because they feel like one might be the lesser of two evils versus just abstaining in general, um, which is, is a problem. I mean, when you've got... Just all these different positions, where only Democrats are making it to the ballot, it makes it extremely hard to get any kind of conservative in there. And people don't turn out for primaries in general in non-presidential years. So,
1: <laughs> right, you, you didn't even cast a vote for senator, right? Yeah, I didn't, John. You didn't, right? Nope, I didn't vote for senator either. Because I, I, <laughs> I can't bubble that. No, are you kidding? I, I don't.
0: Me? I don't believe in the lesser of two evils, and I think Feinstein's a freaking joke, and the other guy is. Even worse than that joke. So, yeah, that's pretty bad. So what do you do? You're stuck until you get rid of uh, the system and you allow a Republican to actually run against Democrats
1: in every final election. Imagine a world where Scott Weiner is our senator. Hey, I mean, he's positioning himself for something around here.
0: Scott Wieners and Anthony Wieners. That's right. It's just really, really hard to see how
2: back to one of the original points you guys are making, it's really hard to see how we get back to the point where it's less than fifty percent of the people in this state
1: who want immediate stuff. I think
2: um I just I don't see it.
1: I think Jim Brilty's been waiting for it all to fall apart. Well, yeah, I mean that's the next logical thing, yeah. in my opinion. It goes, okay, it's all got to crumble this year. No, this year. And this year. But we always talk about what's what's the end game.
0: Like, that's my favorite question. I wanna, I always want to know what what is the utopia for, oh, for oh, Democrats oh, right. yep. in California, right? Yeah. Because, okay, in a perfect world, Republicans never win. They're kind of already on that train. Right. But they've acknowledged that there's a gun problem, mm-hmm. right? And so we know that getting rid of more guns is going to make the problem worse. So, okay, fine, let it get worse. We know that there's a major homeless problem that just keeps getting worse exponentially every year. So, um, w- what is the answer there? They're gonna run out of money when more of those sixty-four thousand households leave, which they're doing in droves. Yeah. Businesses leaving at some point, there is no more money, right? So, do you just let it hit rock bottom? I mean, they obviously
2: don't. <laughs> obviously, they don't want that. I don't see how it doesn't.
0: Right, right. It's it's the inevitable side of it. Like yeah. the state's not getting better. It's getting more blue, and it's getting it's on more of the
1: decline. We're following the Detroit path.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: It's going to get to a point where we can no longer build because there's so many regulations. Right. We want to fix things, but regulations. And
2: you're going to turn on your faucet, and brown sludge is going to come out.
1: That's already happening. No,
2: no. I, I mean...
1: I mean, that's already happening in, in the middle of the state that's happening. Luckily, we got some good rain over the past couple of oh years. My but give it two years, and you'll be wishing for brown sludge. I'll be wishing for Jerry Brown.
2: That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> in a couple years,
0: he's gonna he's gonna look like the conservative. Oh, that guy's he's gonna. Look, oh, no question.
1: All right, let's wrap this sucker up. I came across an article that was very interesting in and of itself. It was. Um, from the L.A. Times, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanova tells hundreds of top staff to hand in resumes and temporarily remove rank insignia. This is Kind of interesting. Alex Villanueva began his term as Los Angeles County Sheriff by immediately removing 18 top executives. Now he has told nearly 500 other supervisors on his staff that their jobs, too. Are being reevaluated in a massive review, all lieutenants, captains, and commanders have been asked to hand in forms that detail their years of experience. The fill in the blank resumes will be used to determine whether the of, uh, officials will remain in their positions or be reassigned, including to l- lower levels for a set period of time. Villallenway was said, but in what some describe as even more jarring move. Villanueva also told the supervisors on Tuesday to temporarily remove a part of the uniform some of them wore decades to earn the gold pins and on their collars that indicate their rank. Thoughts. Go John. So this is really sad because this is like a
2: super low bar. But one of the first thoughts I have when I read, when I read this is well wow, that's pretty cool. He actually did something that he promised he'd do during the campaign. I know it's a small point from the article, but it kind of
0: demonstrated to me where we're at. Yeah, I don't really know what it's trying to accomplish. I get it. He's trying to set the whole, oh, nobody's above, you know, but it struck me as like a
2: a, a Trump attempt move of like, I'm going to be really different. I'm going to really ruffle feathers. And beyond that being accomplished, I would agree.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't get it. it they still have that rank. They're not losing their rank. He's yeah, just telling them good... to get rid of their collar, bra- collar brass. Okay. On incidents, I can see where it's beneficial to actually know the different ranks because you kind of know the hierarchy of the incident command system.
1: I mean, you do fire, and when someone comes in with the insignia on their on their shirt, you kind of right. go, boom, I got it. Yeah, or
0: you know the person in charge. You know who to go to with something on an incident. Um we use colors and color brass and all that. There's also a respect level. I mean, you do have right. a certain amount of respect you get, which is like the military, to somebody in rank. You know, you might not like what they do. You might not respect them personally, but you should give them a certain degree of respect because of the inherent rank structure. I Again, what's the end game? Does this strike
2: you as a legitimate, potentially legitimate route? Uh, effective route, I should say, from actually getting rid of... Corruption,
0: uh, no. bad actors. Because you're not getting rid of the person. Okay, yeah, you can't, right? Like, like if <laughs>
1: I mean, you if, can remove them from whatever set power that they're currently in. Can you? But he's
0: not. And I have to believe. Well, you know, at a certain point, you're going to hit breaks that are in the labor side, not the management management side, oh, right? Yeah. And you're going to have a problem with like the Deputy Sheriffs Association and things like that. Like, you can't just voluntarily demote somebody. Now, managers might be in a different case right but okay. normally there's a chiefs association and there's a lot of times there's you know middle management associations in there i don't know laso's inherent structure but you can't just go demoting people i was going to say w- can, without cause can, can someone come into uh, your station you know in
2: a couple weeks and look at somebody and go okay you're no longer an engineer no i mean how, how would that even you can't.
0: work you can't you can't well I should say a lot of times you can maybe demote somebody but you can't demote their pay.
2: Okay. Right? So so you're So a yeah. lot of
0: times you uh, some some con- it depends on your contract, right? I mean every contract's different, but okay. sometimes there's language in there where maybe you can demote somebody but you can't remove the pay at which they're at. <laughs> Got it. Right.
2: So you're okay, you by
0: by rank, you're entry level. We're still going to pay you as if you've been here for 30 years, but... Right, like you could, say, bump somebody from engineer back to firefighter, maybe from a staffing now, I don't know, whatever sure. it is, but they've got to go into firefighter at whatever the pay was. <laughs> got it. You know, either that same pay or greater, whatever the so step if, is. If
2: they had achieved the current level of pay that they have due to, let's say, corruption or connections and all this stuff that he sounds like he wants to... He, he didn't actually... Accomplish anything from that angle, they're still going to get the goodies that they got via their corruption.
0: I, well, yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I, I know I'm, I'm throwing around because exactly. he
2: because they were throwing around corruption. I'm not saying it was actually corruption.
0: It, here's but. here's the other hard part, and I know that, you know we can we can talk like leadership principles to death, right? You'd rather sure people do what you want because they love you, not because uh, they fear you, sure. right? Okay, uh, that all aside, you do want subordinates to have a certain degree of respect and dignity for their supervisors. Right. I mean, that's kind of every place yeah. now you can say, well, this guy's a douchebag and he's corrupt. So people, people should just, they should be good on their own and not follow that bad apple, but just assuming all things are equal. Okay. Cause I don't believe that the majority of LASO is corrupt, but when you start saying your rank doesn't matter, even if you give them their stuff back, people are going to always have that. It you've, doesn't matter. You've reset
2: like an element. Of, yeah, of you get equation.
0: rid of that just inherent because a lot of these rank type jobs do rely on a certain degree of just respecting the rank, and that's what keeps things orderly. Mil- especially military. as a kind, military kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Especially as like incident command structure exists mm-hmm. for big emergencies and things like that. It's that constant training that you know who to report to, and you know, somebody can actually say, "Do this," because in the fog of war, <laughs> you don't want a democracy, right? You need somebody to actually sure. just pull the trigger on something and say sure. X Y D X Y Z needs to occur. And I and I I think it's kind of like a Gavin Newsom on guns thing. It's just I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to. Put my name in the sand right now yeah. and make
1: it look like I'm doing something. Yeah. Now, one of the more interesting things, and it's it's kind of surprising because he kind of, he surprised everybody by winning. He was he was this nobody who came out of nowhere and won. Now, the most surprising thing was is that this is a Democrat endorsed candidate for sheriff. It is, and normally for sheriff in most places. That doesn't get you elected. That's not good enough for a sheriff because typically law and order right. candidates are on the Republican side of the ticket. Well, you're seeing what a fluffy sheriff
0: does. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> a warm and cozy sheriff says rank doesn't matter. Let's take everybody's collar brass away. And Villanueva, and this is the most controversial part of it, he's a supporter of Sanctuary State. Mm. Surprise SB 54. Here it comes. So he ran on a premise to kick ice out of the jail system. He doesn't want him in there. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. You know what? That's just going to accelerate the destruction. So,
0: sure. Whatever. I mean, we're already eliminating bail. We're letting out what we call minimal offenders, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to get rid of third, the three strikes law. We talked about that in a previous podcast. And now we want to get rid of the immigration stuff make sanctuary county don't forget all the gun laws and the gun laws like when you start like, just listening at home if you don't know anything uh, all those does, does items you like just listed equation?
1: all those like, items you just listed I wasn't even thinking about before and now it scares me to death in LA county I,
0: it, it blows me away that we've said yeah, let's make it easier for criminals to commit crime because, let's face it, they're not going to go to the gun buyback programs. Hate to break it to you. And we have a pretty fluid border. So anyone just comes here. It doesn't matter. And then we say, we don't want to secure the border. no. Um, and then we say, Well, you, when you do get captured for doing something wrong, you're going to get out pretty easy. And if you do go to jail, which, you know, not going to jail used to be a way you avoided deportation. Like, I don't want to go to jail because that's the first thing that's going to happen to me uh-huh. when they find out my status. So know, I don't have the papers. Yeah, I'm out of here. But now I just get to go to comfy jail. I get to go to the Honor Ranch and, you know, pound out some license plates or whatever. Like, there's there's really no downside. I think I'm going to run in 2020. And
2: I'm I'd support gonna- you. You, no, but but hold on, hold on. The whole here's the whole thing. You don't even gotta, like need to sell me. I'd I got for you. I got to pick a color okay. for my hat because I'm gonna have a hat and it's just gonna say "Make Crime Great Again." And I got a feeling I'll win no problem. I think it's already great again. No, no, but we're, we're make make crime even better. How about that?
0: Well, and here's the thing: if you get arrested because of the new algorithm, that's how we assess your threat to society, oh, right? right? There's no yeah, that's bail. Right. That's right. You're white. So your your threat level should be low. So you could probably commit crime at will.
1: Mm. I think, right? yeah, that algorithm, basing it off your zip code. <laughs> Everybody who lives in a sketchy neighborhood needs to change their zip code on their, what, voter registration? Get yourself a, a P.O. box somewhere else in Beverly Hills or something? Oh, yeah. It, Google,
0: Google's coders are going to create this algorithm just like the search results that are going to then determine your bail amount.
1: That's Fantastic. legit. The
0: computer's going to determine whether you're a threat or not. You're a threat. <laughs> I probably am a threat. Having a microphone is a threat. Damn free thinker.
1: It's time.
2: It's the time for the James Woods Tweet of the Week. So this is funny. We were talking about this at the very beginning of the podcast. Vox, such a
0: awesome,
1: everybody is authoritative uh, news source. Them uh, oh, awesome Salon, outlet. Vox, not Fox.
2: Real news, real news at Vox. Okay, the uh, they tweeted out the annual debate over "Baby, it's cold outside" gets to the heart of a major culture war over sexual assault, consent, and political correctness. James Wood says,
1: "Stop talking." Just giving simple, simple, totally so much but true. Giving so much validation to these trolls. I, I don't get why we do that in the society. You mean validation to like a Vox tweet like that? Well, not only that, but I mean like everybody who's just
2: oh, when somebody the, whole, says the whole trolling, trolling the whole of the song, trolling of course. Of,
1: everything. Like, of course. How many people are really offended by this? Like five?
2: Yeah, no, no. The new currency is can I can I get you to believe that I am more offended than you are? I mean, it's like it's like offensive points. If I can make people believe that I'm way more offended than the other person, that's how that somehow has
1: weirdly been translated into uh, credits. And then we validate that by actually implementing whatever it is that you're offended by and changing the way right. we do things. Right.
0: Well, um, if you look at Kyler Murray, who won the Heisman a couple nights ago, okay. USA Today, right after he won tweeted basically a tweet he posted when he was 14 or 15 okay. that had the, the derogatory term for a gay person, the F word. Okay. Right? He called someone that okay. on Twitter when he was 14 years old. Okay. And they basically said that he shouldn't have won the Heisman because of how despicable of a human he was. It's like Kevin Hart. And they tweeted that out. Th- no, right? it's just like the Kevin Hart thing, right? So the, and USA Today, it's funny how, you know, liberal twitter is but you look at all the responses to that usa today post and people were just blasting them about really is this is this how low we've gotten we go back searching because they prefaced it with this tweet surfaced they go no no no, you dug for it like surfaced. it did surface surfaced but this 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 young man's greatest achievement in his life probably thus far winning the heisman trophy
1: and they give that to outstanding right. citizens right
0: and and they just got to cut him down for a dumb comment he made as an adolescent growing but, up. But it's because, I, I really believe this, it's because USA Today believes that the
2: new res- uh, currency of respect is can I be more, how offended can I be? Right.
0: And, and it goes, I, the point of my story was to highlight what Bobby was saying of why do we even give them any credence? Yeah. You know, yeah. they're probably looking at it like, "Well, I got forty-seven thousand responses on this, even though they're negative."
1: Uh, it gave them people so. were people. Bad news is still good news. That I kind of guess. thing. They do realize that they gave the Heisman Trophy to O.J. Simpson, right? <laughs> they did
0: double murder, not a problem.
1: Not a problem. But but this guy, this new guy, he's
0: heinous. Is that the word?
1: Yes. And, oh, Yes. Terrible. Evil. Worse than Hitler. Yeah. This guy.
0: I think that's it. Wrapping it up. We got one more for the year, and then we're done with 2018. Thanks for listening. New episodes every week. Download us
1: on Apple iTunes and Google. Tell a friend and help encourage us to burn it all down.